The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Hey, welcome to a Monday afternoon version of Fantasy Football Today. It's Adam, Dave, and Jamie with Heath Cummings joining us. Hello, Heath. Did you have a, uh, you know, I asked Dave and Jamie last uh, last night and I get a chance to ask you, did you have a nice weekend, Heath? Super weird that it's Adam, Dave, and Jamie and Heath Cummings joining us. Be- yeah, it's rare. We never have this. You're like a guest. Yeah. town guest. That happens to be on the show today. Does that mean you're not going to be a jerk to me because I'm a guest? It's is, weird. Is that a requirement? That no. Then hey, it's Adam Heath, Jamie, and Dave. If that's the case, uh, no, because I, you know, we did a podcast last night and you weren't on it, so I wanted this is me welcoming you back as like you know putting no, you in the spot. Was like, you on vacation? No, I was just a just a day that I wasn't on the show. <laughs> well, How I was your one you. day vacation, Heath? We missed you. <laughs> Well, he wasn't on Friday either. It's been a while since we've heard from Heath. That's all I'm saying. Heath, you have a a nice article coming out about league winners tomorrow. Yeah, I don't know if it's nice or not yet. I haven't written it, but um, (laughs) (laughs) is is there a football season coming up or something that you know we should be made aware of? What is this? Uh, All right. Well, league winners tomorrow. You can read about it today. You can hear about it. And we've got a little bit of a rankings debate to start the show. We've got an interesting take on Dalvin Cook from Adam Schefter that we have to talk about. And we've got news and notes as well. And hopefully uh, time for your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. I also am going to fire out some random questions at you guys, random fantasy questions at some point as well. But I want to start with... uh, the, maybe the, the middle of round one and the back end of round one in any format, really, and debate these three players. Clyde Edwards-Zelayer versus Kenyon Drake versus Austin Eckler. And Heath is really the uh, glue that holds this show together because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Heath, but your rankings are like a little bit different from Dave and Jamie's on those three guys, Eckler, Drake, and Clyde, right? I don't know where they have Sanders related to... or. Drake related to Eckler, but yeah, I have it Eckler, Clyde, small gap, Drake um, in full PPR. And I might have it the same in, in non PPR now as well. Um, I think that they're like, it's pretty easy to see what the top three or four upside is for Clyde. I think Austin Eckler showed us that he has that upside last year, and, and Drake probably did too. This whole walking boot thing puts a little bit of a damper on it. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's Eckler, Clyde, Drake. So that was your order before you before you heard about the 
Correct. Walking boot or yes. after? Before. Okay. okay. Yeah, I mean, I think the walking boot thing is pretty significant at this point. Is and it? Is it? Come on. So all right, we don't know. Well, we don't on. know. What's, it doesn't sound like it's a major thing? deal. Just in case people don't know, right? Okay. Okay. Uh, Kenyon Drake is in a walking boot, and they're calling it precautionary. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like a huge deal, but it could be. It could be. Um, I'm I'm putting the finishing touches on the players who I think will have their career year this year and drake was originally on the list and i made a pivot to eckler because i'm i i do think that drake can have a very good year i still think he's a great top 15 ish type of a pick but even in non-ppr i'd rather have eckler just every single sign points to him being the guy for the chargers and it makes perfect sense they let melvin go a lot of opportunities are there he's going to gobble up a lot of them he's a good pass catcher out of the backfield, not the most efficient runner runner. You know, when he gets a handoff, he's not the most efficient there, but he's actually significantly more efficient than Drake. So I've, I have made the lean and I'm making it final Eckler greater than sign Drake and Edward Zilaire's ahead of both. Of them. That's the thing. I mean, you Jamie has Edward Zilaire sixth overall in PPR. Dave has Edward Zilaire sixth overall in PPR and Heath has Edward Zilaire 13th overall in PPR. So that's, Enormous. I'm not sure Heath's going to get much Clyde Edwards Elaire this year. Uh, meanwhile, Eckler is eighth for Heath, twelfth uh, for Jamie, thirteenth for Dave, and Drake is eleventh for Jamie, fourteenth for Dave, and fifteenth for Heath. Uh, so really, like Edwards Elaire is much higher for Dave and J- and I'm sorry. I mean, I know it's only six or seven spots, but it's a big deal. I, I think at that point in the draft, uh, I'm, a lot higher I'm, for Dave and Jamie than than he is for Heath and. I guess it's almost like you're trading spots. Eckler is much higher for Heath than Eckler is for Dave and Jamie. I think you guys get what I'm saying, but yeah. Right. I, I get what you're saying for sure. I'm I'm curious though, Heath. A month ago, there there wasn't anybody in practice or anything like that. And um the idea that these rookies wouldn't be able to adapt because of the lack of an offseason was a really legitimate argument. Now that you've heard so much out of Kansas City about Edward Zillaire, I'm wondering if you've considered changing your tune and that maybe I've got him thirteenth. Like who was right, the like I'm how often do rookie running backs finish as first round values? I'm not discounting I think Clyde Edwards been one every year. There's been one every year for like the last four not years. La- not last year. Who was last year? Last year I was there the wasn't one last year. Last year was Jacobs the first time probably in a while. would have been if he had finished the season after getting hurt. Last year was the first time in a while, but we typically see one rookie running back, sometimes more, finish as complete studs. Mm-hmm. Um, this would be the best candidate for that, obviously. But look, thirteenth is not low. He let me get Jamie in there because Jamie there's uh, just another now the GM of the Chiefs saying that Clyde Edwards Elair is going to have a big year and going to get a lot of work. So you have him. Confidently at six. I'm in moving to five. I mean, it's a, it's, there's a lot to like. I mean, you you know, the track record of Andy Reid, you know what the potential this kid is, you know what this offense is going to look like. So um, if, uh, if there's any concern over Dalvin cook, then, you know, you, you should take Edward Siller at five. It's such a different tone from last year. Do you remember last year, all the headache about, well, which Chiefs running back should we get? Who's the guy to target? Who's going to be the best one? And then it was pretty sloppy. And this year, it's just the same message out of Kansas City every single, maybe not every day, but every few days that CEH will be awesome. Okay, Heath, what, if anything, scares you about? Why do you think that Dave and Jamie are too high on Clyde Edwards-Elair? I Like, you're... 
your opinion of the difference between sixth or seventh and twelfth or thirteenth is a lot bigger than my opinion of the difference between those two. So I don't. I'm not necessarily saying that they're way too high on him. I, mostly, what I have in between Clyde and sixth or seventh overall is wide receivers. Okay, I see. Yeah, that is basically true. You have Kelsey, Julio Jones, Tyreek Hill. Then you have Derrick Henry, and then you have Clyde Edwards-Helaire. Um, That's interesting. Henry over Clyde Edwards-Helaire in full PPR. Correct. Okay. No, no, no. It's absolutely within the realm of possibility. What do you think his workload is going to be, Heath? That's I. I don't really know, and I that might be where I'm just projecting him too low. Um, but I think I've got him at like 14 to 15 touches per week. Okay. And how many catches? Um, let me just pull it up so I'm not just completely making things up while I'm talking. I'll All make right. it up for you. 90. Yeah, nowhere close to that. <laughs> um, not not <laughs> 70 number. either. I don't. I think. I, <laughs> Uh, 58. Okay. All right. So I want to talk, let's talk about Eckler now and, um, who gets, well, actually of these three, who gets the most carries Jamie of these three. Yeah. Of Eckler, Drake uh, and Clyde. They're probably going to be somewhat similar. I'd probably say Drake is going to have the most carries. Does anybody have a much bigger workload than the other two or do the, all the workloads look fairly similar or t- touches? Let's say touches. I think I can make the argument for Edward Zulair getting the most touches. I would agree. I because be- this, this Drake foot thing definitely makes me second guess it. Combined with the fact that they were that Klingsbury was just talking last week about how he wants to find a, a quote great role for his running backs plural, talking about Chase Edmonds, and la- that would be very different from last year. Last year there was one game where another running back for the Cardinals, I wouldn't say not the starter because David Johnson had that game where he got hurt early and then Chase Edmonds had like 27 touches, but only one game where a second running back had more than seven touches. They like to use one guy. Kingsbury is a one running back guy, or at least he was last year. I have Eckler with the most touches. How many carries? The most touches for Eckler. I think I I know I'm just 220. Okay. Okay. 210. 210. Yeah. Uh, how many catches? 71. Mm. There's right. part of me that thinks Edward Zolaire could get more catches than Neckler, believe it or not. Okay. Well, you know, what I love about Drake is just how good the Cardinals running backs were last year. David Johnson was a top seven running back in weeks one through six. Chase Edmonds had two games where he was featured. He was a beast in one, and he had a terrible game in the other. But he was a top seven running back in just those two weeks. And Kenyon Drake was the number four running back in uh, the final eight games of the season. Number four in in both formats with 123 carries and 28 catches in eight games. Uh, So uh, good, good situations there. I... I didn't pull the trigger on on two of them uh, in a PPR league just this morning. Uh, I had both Eckler and Drake there, and I went with Drake and Julio, and it was interesting because uh, I, I guess I'm just not sure what... I don't know what to expect for Austin Eckler. He's obviously very good, but I don't know if they're going to give him more than like 12 carries a game, and Tyrod Taylor scares me a little bit, and then who gets the goal line work? I would think it would be Eckler, but that's... Why? Why would I? Because he's the most accomplished guy there, and because he got he got all that work when Gordon was out. Uh, oh, I'm not disagreeing. I'm just yeah. You know, no, that's fair question. I I would think it would be Eckler, but obviously I'm not hundred percent certain. What you know? What do you think about that? 
I mean, I would assume it's going to be Eckler as well, but you know, they, they have an open opportunity here to see how these two other guys are going to work and Kelly and Jackson. And, you know, is it going to be, you know, you don't want to overwork Eckler and, and maybe have what happened to Kamara last year, you know, when he didn't handle it as a smaller type running back. Um, you know, they, they, they certainly, I, I think, value Eckler based on what they paid him and allowing Melvin Gordon to walk. So it makes sense for him to be their featured guy. And if you've seen any picture of the dude with a shirt off, he looks like he's ready to go run through a wall. So, um, that was yeah, me I, 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 with my shirt I would off. think Eckler is, uh, is the guy with the hope that those 200 plus touches that are vacated, he gets the bulk of them. No, but no, I'm sorry. I was going to say, does he lose a little bit in terms of the reception total because of the quarterback change and what, you know, Rivers has meant to throwing to backs versus what Tarad will or will not do in that same regard. Uh, is it an offense thing? Is it a, is it a player thing? So we're, that's the thing you're going to find out because his carries are definitely going to go up if he's healthy. There's just no way around that. It's just a matter of will his reception stay in the same range or will they potentially decline? And that's the fear if you're taking Eckler. It's, it's interesting because I do think like there's lots of, there's reason to be concerned about Eckler's workload. Same for Drake. We haven't seen a, 250 touch season for either of them. Um, but Eckler's slightly bigger than Clyde, right? I, I would think he's probably a little bigger than Clyde. I mean, the, the thing about Clyde is you're, you're drafting him. You're, you're drafting Andy Reid. Like that's right. what you're doing when you're drafting Edward Tiller because nothing about the draft process from end of the college season when he was a national champion through the combine, through any other thing you looked at, was he the best running back coming into the NFL? There, there's, there's no way that anybody, unless they were taking a shot in the dark, was saying that. Because this is a loaded group of rookie running backs in terms of what their talent level is. Swift is a rock star. Dobbins is a superstar. Um, Taylor, Taylor is, is, is a maniac. You know, I mean, all these guys are just exceptional. And then it was Edward Tillaire sort of in the tail end of that, which is not bad, but it's just, you know, he's, he was sort of pulling up the rear a little bit along with Akers. And so for him to go there tells you that they think he fits and everything you're hearing tells you that he fits. And then Damian Williams says he can't go because of his family concerns. And now it's the, the, the rocket to the moon. So there's just everything about this scenario points to being great. He has to be great now. And that's what you're drafting. Are you drafting him to be great in this perfect scenario? And I'm going to take my chances on that. I understand why Heath is not, and it's not that Heath doesn't like him clearly, but he's a little bit more cautious. Totally get it. All right, so then let me put you guys in my shoes here. Let's say Clyde edwards Elair is off the board. Oh, and, they're so small. And you've got... They're tiny. No, I can't, you I can't know even what? put I, in there. Actually, I'm like, like 11 and a half. You'd be surprised. Kind of oddly it's, clown feet. It's only yeah. three and a half sizes smaller. Yeah, than mine. same. Well, you guys are tall. You guys are very tall. Uh, so anyway, you could get two of those three guys or a wide receiver in a PPR league. Or like one of them and a wide receiver, you know, what do you do? I'm probably going to get Eckler and a wide receiver. I'd go Eckler, Julio, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. So Dave was doing that as if Clyde edwards there was off the board. Yeah. Which is fair. So let, you, let's say you, you've got Drake, Eckler, and um, any wide receiver not named Michael Thomas or Devontae Adams, and you have two picks. What do you do? Just told you. Okay. Yep. Jamie? Uh, yes, same. Okay, but if you're telling me that Edwards Elair falls in the draft, and I have the chance to get Edwards Elair and Eckler, mm-hmm. and the catches count, I'm salivating. Okay, 
Well, please, please don't do that into the microphone. I'm not literally saying that. <laughs> Eckler's the one that's going to fall unless, you know, Drake has a significant injury. Like we're high. I think I said this on some, one of our previous shows that Eckler, we're higher on Eckler than most in the industry. And then there's this Dalvin Cook tweet from Matthew Berry uh, on the Fantasy Football Marathon, currently on ESPN2. It's no longer on ESPN2. Don't change the channel. Adam Schefter said, if Dalvin Cook's contract situation isn't resolved by the start of the season, drafting him in fantasy would, quote, give him pause, end quote. Uh-oh. Do I have scary music to play for that? I might. Oh, I think. There you go. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what do you think about that? Oh, I can't believe I'm laughing as hard at that as I am. Uh, it's a little nerve wracking. You don't want your, you don't want to pull a levy on bell, draft somebody in the first round and then he ends up not showing up. Does it give you pause? Not yet. It makes the me fact want to that, the fact Alexander that he's Madison. there, the fact that he's there, it's, it's the encouraging part of it, but he could say, you know what? I'm not going to go until I got to play my six games to get my season. And then that's the the worry. Yeah. Does somebody want to explain this holdout situation? Because you can't hold out a training camp, but you can in the I, regular season. Yeah, I don't understand it. Well, he's gone. He's gone through. It's not like he's just standing on the sideline. <laughs> You're our special guest, Heath. <laughs> <laughs> Dave's salary cap expert. I know, and even I'm not sure if I've got the. <laughs> I don't want to spew something that's not correct, so I'm zipping my lips. I think it's. I think he's got to play six games, if I understand it. All right, somebody start Googling. Now, I'm going to promote I'm a few things. It. We got a newsletter that is very awesome and very informative. It helps me produce the show. A lot of tidbits in there that I didn't even, that I didn't see. So uh, sign up for it, cbssports.com slash newsletter. We have actually a few newsletters on the website, but you can obviously the fantasy football today one will probably be the one that you want. But stay up to the up to date with the latest fantasy football content and you know see what we've got on the website and all that stuff. CBSSports.com slash newsletter. This is a big week for fantasy footballers out there, so make sure you're watching HQ all week long and all season long. Live noon Eastern, CBSSportsHQ.com, or better yet, download the CBS Sports HQ app and watch it on your smart TV, on your Roku, on your Amazon Fire, whatever it is. Uh, it's just, you know, we're 20, 20, uh, 21st century viewing here. But it's basically sports coverage the way you grew up watching it. When we all used to love watching, you know, sports shows. It's not the, the like, talking heads and the ridiculous debates about nothing. It's just really smart content, fantasy content, gambling content, highlights, the way you remembered it being. Okay, Dave, uh, are you ready yet, or should we go to a new oh, segment? Oh, no, no, no. I, okay. I need a lot of work. Okay. Random fantasy questions. Here we go. Second half of this show, by the way, is going to be league winners in each round. Random fantasy questions. When do you draft your DST? Second to last round, maybe third to last round if you want to get one of the top two or three. Or if there's no kickers, last round. Okay, but do you think that we're a little bit, as a podcast, a little bit like, oh, don't draft a DST, like a little bit gone too far in that direction two years ago it was jacksonville right yep yeah the number one defense people had an eighth or ninth round adp we said don't do that i don't think they were a top 12 defense they weren't last year was the bears yep last year was the bears like it's just no we're not too much like that if you want to go like i i see i think it's rj that sometimes will go three maybe even four rounds before the end because he's on one of the corners and wants to get the sealers dave does it they nothing wrong with that that's fine 
but I'm not going to do that. I'm perfectly happy drafting the Colts in the last round. Okay. Yeah, and and well, I you would, said the Colts because they get Jacksonville in week one, right? Well, and they they have a good defense too. Yeah, yes, but, but I I know that's why you're doing. It. I just wanted to make sure mm-hmm. people understand. And I would never advocate for a defense in the eighth or ninth round, but right, okay. you should be laughed at. Yeah, I, I, I would I would definitely laugh at people. Yeah, unless uh, the eighth or the ninth round were the last two rounds of your draft. Mm, that's a good point, Dave. Mm. Okay, <laughs> do you, do you think Carson Wentz has elite upside? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, of course. Okay, because the last two years on a per game basis, he he hasn't even been top twelve. Right, but the year before that, he was top two. Yes. Okay. Just just making sure. But the year before that, he was, I think, a little bit better of a runner. He ran again last year. He ran two hundred forty three yards. Um, what did he have? He, he was on pace for three hundred sixty eight yards in two thousand seventeen. Okay, so Carson Wentz you has lead upside. You, you you don't want to expect him to be like that because you'd be disappointed but if you get him at the right spot which typically is you know as anywhere between the eighth to tenth quarterback off the board that's pretty good opportunity for what he could be follow-up question uh, okay is there a top 12 quarterback who doesn't have elite upside this year who you look at and you go yeah he's going to be top 12 based on how we're ranking them or based on their draft position uh let's do draft position then it's aaron Rodgers. okay that's fair I'm not like, and I know that on a per game basis, he was last year, number two. I don't really think the no run quarterbacks, like the no run quarterbacks actually have reasonable elite upside. And I'm not sure Josh Allen does either, but I'm giving him one more year before I say that. I, by the way, you were talking you about said, Brady and Breeze. Yeah, you were talking right. about Breeze when you said per game number two. And yeah. Brady. Sure. Yes, correct. Well, what about Ryan? Yeah, I think all three of these guys can. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I think they all have that type of elite upside. I disagree. I, just because they don't run doesn't mean that they can't have great. But they numbers. have to have historic seasons, though, and right. I don't know if that's possible. Like they're going to have to throw for five thousand yards for them to be there, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do that again. The difference for me with Ryan is I could see Ryan throwing six hundred and fifty times easier right. than I could see Brady or Breeze or Rogers doing that. Uh, look, forty-eight hundred yards yeah. and like thirty-two touchdowns is probably going to be elite. It's not going to be like Mahomes, but it's probably going to be like QB3, right? I'm not sure if it'll if, be QB3. Not, that, not if there's so many quarterbacks who are running around all over the place because every time they get 100 yards on the ground, that's the same as, what, 2,500 yards passing? No, not 2,500, 250. 250 yards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't have my calculator today. Sorry. All right. Yeah, but if you look at the passing upside, we'll just end, end here, right? Look at the passing upside yeah, of um, of Ryan, Breeze, Brady, Wentz. Does Wentz have the least, the lowest passing upside? He's not going to throw to what those guys throw to if those guys are right. But he runs, obviously. Right. Okay. Uh, all right. The Giants. Let's couple schedules here. The Giants start with the Steelers, Bears, Niners, and Cow. Uh, Steelers, Bears, Niners, Rams, and Cowboys. Do you care? I'd be concerned about Daniel Jones as a starter to open the season. Okay. Melvin Gordon starts with the Titans, who were okay against the run. Then he gets four straight matchups against teams that were top ten against running backs last year. That would be Pittsburgh, the Buccaneers, who were number one, the Jets, who were ninth, and the Patriots, who were second. 
That's Melvin Gordon. Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Tampa Bay, Jets, and Patriots. Do you care? Those week two and week three matchups scare me more than week four and week five. Philip Lindsay scares me more than his schedule. Yeah, I was going to say, that's the concern. Why, I was gonna, yeah. why are you talking about Melvin sure. Gordon, not Lindsay? Okay, and then uh, last question, last random fantasy question. How do you feel about drafting two guys in the same backfield? And did it work last year? Heat does it all the time. I am a regular at the... You no, know, um, it depends. So you're saying drafting two guys in the same backfield that aren't handcuffs? I think it'd be like uh, Jonathan Taylor and Marlon Mack, carry on and Swift, Lindsey and Gordon, not Shelby not Hunt. the not Madison and Edmonds. No, I think you're talking right. But it, like PPR, you could do it with the two Bears guys. You could do it yes. in with the two Patriots guys, uh, depending on if you think Damian Harris is that second guy already. Um, uh, again, Heath does it with the two Browns guys. Uh, I think four or five drafts throughout the offseason, you've done it, Heath. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there are many scenarios of it, though, that you're drafting those guys to be starters. Don't have yeah. to necessarily be starters. I, I like well, starter and flex. I mean, right. In the, in the range that we're talking about, these guys, like you can make a case for the two Washington guys or two of the Washington uh, guys. I think that's later. Yeah, no, but like if you take carry on and, and Swift, right? That's I don't one. think one guys. is, I don't think one of them is your flex, at least not in week one. Yes. The Buffalo ones. Exactly. Do you want to do this? Does it, does it just like backfield dependent? Do you have a rule? We, we had a conversation very early on following the, the draft, or I shouldn't say very, but maybe like May, June, uh, about the drafting the Dolphins guys and how that would sort of work out. Now, again, not as starters, but you know, maybe one of them is your flex. And so if you're getting two of them with mid-round picks, I think that's fine. But I think it's more of you're taking one guy in the rounds, maybe four to six, uh, one of the Buffalo guys, one of the Colts guys, one of the Lions guys, uh, maybe one of the Rams guys, assuming Daryl Henderson is healthy, and then taking the next guy in rounds probably six through eight. And then that's Uh the flex range. So how about this then? Let's say you took Melvin Gordon, and then you could take either Philip Lindsay or Daryl Henderson later. Are you more likely to take one? Are you more likely to take Lindsay because you want to lock up the? Let's Broncos? say Zach Moss because we take out the injury thing for Anderson. Okay, fair. You know, you get what I'm saying here. Oh, yes, took- I would. I would take Moss. I would take Moss probably in that situation. I think because you you are in those types of situations limiting your upside a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. If you take both of them, the benefit is if Melvin Gordon gets hurt, you have the starting running back for the Broncos. The downside of it is both are healthy. And maybe the Buffalo guy gets hurt and Zach Moss is a star. Let's go to your news and notes. Okay, David Montgomery. There we go. News and notes. He lost weight and he acknowledged that he was too slow last season. Dave, you don't believe in David Montgomery. What about this news item? It's not just about him. And he's right. He wasn't very fast last season. But his offensive line isn't expected to be very good. And I don't know if I can trust the offense to rally around David Montgomery week in and week out. So this doesn't do anything. This is not a... Not I'm not drafting him unless he uh, I like it. really, really, really falls. Montgomery, like he's, he's in such an interesting range because depending on what format you're talking about, he's, he's, he's in the conversation with, in my opinion, Devin Singletary, Ronald Jones, Mark Ingram, Kareem Hunt when you're talking PPR, uh, maybe now Cam Akers with the Daryl Henderson injury. You know, that, that group of guys that you're looking anywhere between maybe late round four to somewhere in round six. And he could be better than all of them. It wouldn't be a surprise at all, you know, just given what the pedigree is and the workload he's going to get. I mean, he's going to probably get more touches than all those guys. Uh, if they use him in the passing game a little bit more, he could be special. 
Yeah, I I, I like comparing him with the situation with Jones, and I've got him close to my rankings, but I'd, I'd much rather have Montgomery, and Jones almost always goes first now. So, what, D- Jamie, that range of round four through six, it seems like Montgomery's usually on the round six end of that range, at least in our Especially drafts. PPR. Especially yeah. PPR. Yeah, non-PPR is a little bit of an easier uh, decision to probably take him there, but like I get why Dave likes Ronald Jones better. I can see why people like Devin Singletary better. Uh, Mark Ingram, you know, uh, Ben Tracker has him four rounds higher. So, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's a lot to like about those guys. And you could also see the downside for those guys. You know, they're, 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 uh, you know, some of them limited in the passing game. Some of them have significant competition. Uh, so we'll see how it all, how it all works out. But, you know, it, look, I'll always take somebody that takes the time to uh, enhance their game and, and, and you see it, you know, and he's, he's done that. Mike Williams has a sprained AC joint in his shoulder. He is expected to be ready for week one, but this is worth monitoring. Mike Williams for the Chargers. Deontay Johnson's been dealing with a leg injury. A couple of wide receivers who are completely off our radars but are having good camps. Should they stay off of our radars on draft day? Green Bay wide receiver EQ St. Brown or Equinemia St. Brown. And Cincinnati wide receiver Auden Tate. Any reason to buy into them? No, but I think that's a potential downgrade for Alan Lazard. Okay. Not not to run away from him yet, but like I've dropped him a few spots just because there's other guys that I like that are moving up, and he's somebody that is already based on ADP and like some of the analyst drafts I've done that you can get a little bit later. Um, Keith takes him a little too soon for me, uh, so I can't get him as much. But um, you know, if you like Alan Lazard, you can wait a little bit longer now. Oh yeah, he's a guy I could just drop around and no one would notice because I would still get him in every draft. <laughs> so I'll just I'll just drop him around. It was funny because. Our, our flex draft, I got him in our flex draft, Adam, and he was my sixth wide receiver, I think. And it was like, okay, th- this is the spot I would take in our draft. Oh, I'll just see what happens. I'll wait around. Um, no, I'll wait another round. Um, kept falling. Uh, and he kept falling. I was like, okay, this, this is the point. He's got to pull trigger. Uh, what do you guys make of Brown's reports? Odell Beckham and Austin Hooper both having good camps. I think it'd be more of a surprise if they weren't. But it's okay. encouraging. Yeah, like I had I had Beckham as a guy on on my first bus list or second bus list. I think second one following the NFL draft. And uh, when I redo it this week, he will come off, and I'll explain why. But I I think um, round four is a good spot for him. I, I wouldn't want to take him in round three, but I understand why people are. But round four is a good spot for him. Okay, Beckham or Robert Woods? Woods. Beckham in non PPR. Woods in PPR. I think that's the way I have it as well. And what about half PPR? Ugh. Beckham. You're the worst. No, the I'm not. The, the touchdowns for Woods are such a problem. <laughs> uh, could the touchdowns go up, though, without Todd Gurley getting 12 a year on the ground? They absolutely could. Absolutely could. I, I like both, uh, you know, uh, I, I like Robert Woods more so than I like Beckham from the standpoint of, I think, if Woods hits, as we saw the close of the stretch last season. But, I mean, again, you know, Beckham has uh, seemingly had a quiet offseason a new coach, um, a, a running mate that's got a bad hip. And, you know, we'll see how uh, how Beckham operates this year. But, you know, hopefully a motivated Beckham is a good one. Dallas Goddard has a fractured thumb, but he should be back zo- soon. And Zach Ertz has been dealing with an upper body injury. Hayden Hurst, according to the Falcons' official website, is going to be in every down tight end this season. And is, who's getting excited about Hayden Hurst? There's so I'm, much to like. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the problem is, like, I the last couple of drafts I've done, he's gone before Hunter Henry. Um, Not today. I don't. Th- I, no, no, I don't think, think he did so. today. 
but I didn't notice that because I took Kelsey. So. Uh, I took I took Hurst. So that was a weird draft. We're gonna break it down on Twitch, right? I believe. Yes, we are gonna break it down on Twitch. Yeah, we're we're Good it's call. gonna be a lot of this draft because we're talking about it on on HQ on Tuesday. Um, but uh, Kelsey went after Kittle. First time I've seen that in our draft. Hmm. I did a little dance. <laughs> uh, Jack Doyle has a neck injury. David Njoku has a wrist injury. I don't know that there's like a really serious injury right now. Is there? Miles Sanders, would that be the, the biggest Sanders one? Sanders and Drake, right? Oh, AJ Green. Yeah. And I, like, it's been a week now. He hasn't practiced. They said Deontay Johnson hasn't been on the field since last Wednesday. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's getting close too. Okay. Yep. Not, not encouraging, especially, you know, I like Deontay Johnson a lot. Um, one other receiver I'd put in the the guys that you mentioned, I think he's a little bit ahead of on Tate and ESP. Uh, Van Jefferson, the Rams yeah. are getting a, a lot of uh, the reports about Van Jefferson are very encouraging. And in their scrimmage on Saturday in the game where Daryl Henderson, that's another injury that we got to keep an eye on. Um, but in the, in the scrimmage um, he was performing so well with the backups that they started running him with the starters. And so if they go back to, you know, using three receivers as opposed to two, I wonder what that means for, and Dave brought this up, which is a good point. You know, if, if Jefferson kicks inside and, and they keep Cup outside, is that bad for Cup? But it could be bad for Higby. You know, if we're going to see a, a tight end rotation of Everett and Higby. And, and as we know, before Everett's injury, Higby was not a good fantasy tight end. Okay. We got league winners in each round, plus an amazing thing that I never knew. Maybe you knew it and you're smarter than I am. I would not rule that out. Find out when we come back on Fantasy Football Today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Gather your besties. We are very exclusive. And get ready. Mom, go make snacks. For sure, Regina. For the movie that hits like a bus. In a good way. No one died. Mean Girls. Made at PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Amazing thing I never knew was reading uh, Jason Locke and Fora's latest notes column, which is a must read. Good fantasy tidbits in there um, on, on cbsports.com slash NFL. I did not know that Russell Wilson has never had one MVP vote. Not even a vote. That is incredible. And uh, he was just writing about the Seahawks, and hopefully they will, I guess, hashtag let Russ cook. That's a thing now. But well, It's been a thing. Yeah, let Russ cook. Okay, yeah. You saw what Pete Carroll said over the weekend, right? Yeah, he kind of joked about it. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. But whether or not they let Russ cook is going to be, I you know, just have a huge impact in fantasy. And I hope he, because uh, Jason Lockenfora asked him about the never having an MVP vote and he made a joke about it. Maybe one day I'll get one. Russell Wilson said that. So here's to, uh, here's to cooking. Let him go. Let him, uh, let him throw, air it out, man. Yay. It would be fun. It would be. It's the strength of their team. Okay. Well, I thought, I thought uh, maybe that would spark some discussion, but good host knows. <laughs> I think we all agree. To move on. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we're all very much in agreement on that. <laughs> all right, let's rock and roll. <laughs> League winners in each round. I'm using CBS ADP here, and we will uh, start with round three, and that would be George Kittle, the two-three turn, Chris Godwin, Dak Prescott, 
Todd Gurley, Kenny Galladay, Cooper Cup, Mike Evans, Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, Chris Carson. How many of those guys are not league winners? <laughs> Obviously, this is a good round here. What did you have to say, Heath? I said my favorite league winner, potential league winner, is James Conner. Um, just because we saw like 2018, he was the number six running back, despite the fact that he missed three games last year before he got hurt. He was the number nine running back. Everything in Mike Tomlin's history suggests that he's going to be a workhorse back. He might get hurt again, but if he stays healthy, he's a, he's a league winner. And especially at the, in the third round, the fact that he's going after Le'Veon Bell is insane. It really is. All right, so but, I mean, I get it. You know, the general public. What's the last memory they've got of of James Conner, that he was struggling to stay healthy last year, and they yeah. look at Le'Veon Bell and they go, "Well, he's been a league winner before." So I get why people might gravitate toward Bell before Conner. But well, uh, I mean, most, if that's the case, mo- most recently Conner's been a league winner and Bell's not. That's true. That's exactly right. But people still think of Le'Veon as that that's what this tells me. I'm not saying it on behalf of, you know, millions of casual fantasy football managers everywhere, mm-hmm. but it, this tells me that people still view Le'Veon as, as a great fantasy running back. Same thing with Gurley. And I, I think that Gurley especially is kind of past his prime and Le'Veon. Uh, we, I don't know if he's necessarily past his prime, but he's just not in a great spot. Connor's in a great spot. And for all the, the issues that he had last year, staying on the field and getting a lot of work, dude was on pace at one point for 1400 yards and double digit touchdowns. Yeah. And the other thing to note is that in this ADP, if you look at it on CBS, Le'Veon Bell has a down arrow minus five next to him. And James Connor has an up arrow. He's plus four. So he's rising in ADP. Bell is falling in ADP. So in a week, I think things will be different here. But uh, I think that's what, you know, we're, yeah. this is the point where most ADP starts to settle. Uh-huh. It's, you know, a lot of average drafts and not just expert drafts for everybody. Okay. So look, obviously, one thing to note, CBS ADP, the quarterbacks are going a lot earlier than where we draft them. Um, so just keep that in mind. But this round is full of potential league winners and Connor, you can get almost at the end. Do you think Chris Carson is a league winner? I hesitate to call him a league winner. I think he can be a very good fantasy running back. He can be a contributor toward your success, but I don't think he'll be the reason for it. Nick, what's the definition of league winner? That's yeah, that's impossible, but I don't, I don't have one. Um, But I I mean, is it, is it a guy that just completely outperforms his draft class? Yes. Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey were league winners last year. But McCaffrey was drafted as a top four running back. You know, Still so. was a league, Still winner. league winner. Yeah. Michael Thomas, same thing. It, this isn't about beating your ADP. This is about this dude helps you crush your opponent pretty much every week. But I think like, you can make the argument that Aaron Jones was a league winner last year. Aaron jo- yep. Absolutely he was. Chris Godwin Mark, was. Mark Andrews and Darren Waller. Perfect. Mark Ingram, I would say, who's probably a league winner. Yep. That's the definition, sure. Um, okay. Uh, let's go to the next group then. Adam Thielen, Melvin Gordon, Amari Cooper, Zach Ertz, Leonard Fournette, Juju Smith-Schuster, Deshaun Watson. I'm just going to go six at a time. That was seven, so that's fine. Thielen, Gordon, <laughs> Cooper, Ertz, Fournette, Juju. Why don't we do that? Six. Who stands uh, out Ju- there? Juju and Thielen for me. Yeah, the the receiver. It's I Juju's my favorite. 
Yeah, not even close. Okay. Um, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson, David Johnson, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, Devin Singletary. Yeah, I'll take those receivers over the previous receivers. Give me Moore and Ridley as league winner candidates ahead of Thielen and Juju. Yep, more. I think uh, more for sure. And really, yep. in the conversation with the other two, and then clearly both quarterbacks. Yep. So but there's going to be a better value at quarterback later. Dave, how how freaked out are you by Roethlisberger? Like, how do you feel? You about mean him like right excited? Now? Well, I don't think I don't think there's a problem. We had that report about him short arming him, short arming it. Yeah, yeah, but I, there have been several reports before and after that that say that his arm is fine. And I'll tell you what, if Deontay Johnson's injury is significant, of course that's going to brighten the outlook for all the pass catchers in Pittsburgh, especially Smith-Schuster. Man, look at all this wide receiver value. Let's go to the next round. Uh, We're about 40, we're basically at the end of round four into round five. Tyler Lockett, Odell Beckham, Mark Andrews, Mark Ingram, Robert Woods, and Allen Robinson. Lock I think Andrews Beckham. could be the best one here as far as league winners. Yeah, the fact that you get him after Ertz is great. Yeah. Well, I would still take Ertz ahead of Andrews in full PPR, but in the other formats, I'm taking Andrews. But, but Lockett, Beckham, Andrews, value. Ingram, Robert Woods, Allen Robinson. Aren't you taking those wide receivers ahead of Andrews? Um, Not all of them. Some yes, some no, but I think these all these receivers have league winning upside. Does Allen Robinson uh, have league-winning upside? Yes. Because he can catch a ton of passes. He's shown you that once already. I think Lockett has league-winning upside. There, yes. I said it. Yeah, no, he was He was on his way there last year, yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Does Robert Woods... I mean, if you're getting what you got out of him in those final seven games, then yes. Well, you're not going to, because he was on pace for like 185 targets. And 118 catches. Yes. No, you're not going to get that. But I mean, if if that's what comes of it, <laughs> then he if he does it again, then yes, he's a league winner. Okay, Heath, uh, you alive? I am alive, but I did this. <laughs> like I sent you my notes by like for none of the players that I selected were in this group. Okay. Okay. Well, you, okay. So then let's go to the next group. Keenan I was Allen, waiting for the next group. Keenan Allen, AJ Brown, Kyler Murray. Jonathan Taylor, Raheem Mostert, and T.Y. Hilton. And this is like the end of round five in a 12-team league. Keenan Allen, A.J. Brown, Kyler Murray, Jonathan Taylor, Raheem Mostert, T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, I think the two obvious ones, and and my two choices for round five were Jonathan Taylor and A.J. Brown, guys that I never, ever, ever get to draft. So it was nice to say something (laughs) positive about them. Um, And like Marlon Mack could get hurt, and Jonathan Taylor could be 15 carries a game from week one, and he could just be awesome, and he could he could be a mini Derrick Henry or a total Derrick Henry this year and be a league winner. Derrick Henry could get hurt, and the Titans could throw more than 25 passes a game, and A.J. Brown could maintain some elite efficiency and, and be a top-five wide receiver. In round five, they're both league winners, potentially. But how much of this exercise did you base off injury? Because I want to talk about who could who could be a league winner without injury. Well, okay, A.J. Brown doesn't really have to have Derrick Henry get hurt. That's not what I meant. But um, some of it is, like, especially you get two more rounds, and it's almost all based on injury. Yeah, well, that's fair. But I, I would say Jonathan Taylor does not need an injury, and certainly Kyler Murray does not need an injury. Yeah, those would be the three that that I would say have league-winning upside for sure. 
Yeah, but I think uh, it's it's kind of hard to make the case for Keenan Allen or T.Y. Hilton as a league right. winner, right? For sure. Yeah, and that's an important takeaway here. And and prob- probably not Raheem Mostert. Is there a case for Raheem Mostert? League winner? I don't think so. Kevin yeah. Coleman, not around. That's true. Well, I mean, there was that stretch last year where he just kept scoring. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Listen, they're running out of pass catchers in San Francisco, and they can run the ball really well. They've got a great offensive line. So I would say that there is a possibility where Raheem Mostert can somehow have better efficiency, but it seems unlikely. All right, we're going into round six now. Darren Waller, DK Metcalf, Tom Brady. There's one. Who, Brady? Metcalf. Okay. David Montgomery, Ronald Jones, and Drew Brees. Waller, Metcalf, Brady, mm-hmm. Montgomery, Ronald Jones, Brees. You know what I'm going to say? Metcalf. And? Ronald Jones. Yep. Do you think he has league-winning upside, though? I think he's got league-winning upside. He's in a fantastic offense. He's clearly going to be the lead running back. All he has to do is somehow prove, and I guess I'm using the word somehow, so that's not a great thing, but somehow prove that he can be a decent pass catcher. What's stopping him from getting 40 receptions? He had 30-something last year, and he can just ball out with off of handoffs and pitches. It's an improved sure. offensive line. I think Nobody's the only thing that could be stop, stopping him, him is, is McCoy. It's him. Yeah, no, I think it's him. I don't think it's McCoy. Well, I mean, if he's not playing on passing down, it's going to be hard for him to right. do that. Okay, that's fair. So, so what is the difference between Ronald Jones and Raheem Mostert? Because um, one of them's young and hasn't been a failure in the NFL for five years, and one of them is actually <laughs> actually one of them has actually been great in the NFL, and it's not um, Ronald Jones. Both have been a failure in the NFL at some point. And yeah. both of them seem to be coming out of it at the same time. But one of them is playing with Tom Brady, who defenses are going to respect, and a bunch of pass catchers, which defenses are going to have to respect. And he's not going to share. I don't think he's going to share first and second down work unless he starts fumbling or, you know, not gaining four what, plus yards per carry. What? Cha- and I should not have said failure in the NFL. I apologize. But um, what changed from the last half of last year? When he because even after he was named the starter in the second half of last year, he was still sharing and playing barely fifty percent of the snaps with Peyton Barber. Uh, why wouldn't he share? Barber? Oh, gone. he's a hundred percent sharing. There's no doubt about it. He's sharing. They're but he's not, not sharing give. the same type of carries that he was sharing with Barber. But it's not. Year. It's not sharing carries. He's going to share playing time. I mean, he's he's going to yes. share playing time to to LeSean McCoy, maybe to an extent. Uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, but I also think we're completely overlooking that Dario Gobawale is going to have some role in this offense too. And so, you know, they're going to use three guys. Now it should be what I would do is 60% of the touches should go to Ronald Jones, 60% of playing time should go to Ronald Jones and then divvy up the other 40 to the other two guys, especially on passing down situations. But yeah, I mean, look, Ronald Jones is a great spot. He's, he's a great pick in round five. Um, I, I don't know if I'd put him in the category of league winning upside, but in relation to this exercise in this round, absolutely he does if he hits. But there's just a lot of ifs, I think, that go along with him. But there are ifs that go along with several of the guys we talked about already. So, you know, he's he's uh, he's a guy that you should be um, excited about based on everything that's happened around him. Uh, it'll just be fun to see how, how it unfolds and very disappointing to see how it unfolds the other way if, in fact, McCoy just becomes the nuisance that we're all hoping he doesn't become. And that's, I do have some. I do have a quick update. Uh, Kenyon Drake just tweeted: "Was in a walking boot around this time last summer too, just trying to stay consistent. No worries, I'm good. Good. 
Good. Mm. Um, I just don't have the co- same confidence that Ronald Jones is not going to share as much early down work as he did last year. I don't think Peyton, like, it's not like, yeah, Peyton Barber's gone, but they have other backs that are as good as Peyton Barber. Everybody has two or three. You would, you would probably assume that McCoy at this point in his career is as good as Peyton Barber was last year, right? Oh, oh, yes. I would think so. Yes. Yeah. I might be sick. Uh, no, I think you, you disagree. Is. I think they both stink as far as just being able to play. I, I mean, I'm not a running back right I now. I don't. I don't. I don't disagree with that. But Bruce Arians probably thinks differently. And I'm sure Tom Brady probably thinks differently. They they get enamored by what a guy has done in the past. Well, that's you what, think that's what has you think that they are going to take Lashawn McCoy and say, "Hey, he was like re- really great three years ago," and just uh, like turn him loose? They know I what think they like have. What, no. I think like what we find out with Adrian Peterson and what we find out with Frank Gore and what we find out with guys that have a resume is that when you get them in practice and they do five or six things where they actually show burst and they have to actually exert energy, they look fantastic. And then what I happens, and then what happens what in games is those things become a problem as the game wears on and especially as the season wears on. And that's why LaShawn McCoy was very good to start the season for Kansas City. And then, you know, he's got 31-year-old legs. He just can't yeah. do it anymore. And Damian Williams was healthy. And, and YPC for life, he averaged 4.6 yards per carry last year. He yeah, did, but that, that's why that was Clyde, front-loaded. That's why you should really have Clyde Edwards-Helaire higher in your rankings. That's the point that is front-loaded because he's got old legs and they wear down. And so I, I just think that's going to be an issue for Ronald Jones um, of him hitting his ceiling is – a coach who's stubborn, who's done this before. He, he gave us a perfect example of almost the exact same thing of a guy who he wasn't thrilled with in Andre Ellington of a guy who he drafted in David Johnson. And I don't think Keyshawn Vaughn's becoming David Johnson, but who knows of a guy who he drafted and didn't give an opportunity to until he needed him. And then a veteran who he shoved on the field for no reason other than he was a veteran with a good resume in Chris Johnson when he was in Arizona. So I hope Ronald Jones does not get ruined by LaShawn McCoy or Keyshawn Vaughn or uh, Dario Gumbawale. I have a lot of stock in Ronald Jones myself already, you know, so it's, it's, it's a player that I'm, I'm hopeful for. I just see the red flags, unfortunately, for what we know Bruce Arians does. See what I thought you were going to say when you were bringing up Adrian Peterson and Frank Gore, these are, these are veterans that coaches can easily trust because they've been doing it for a long time. Right. So in addition to showing you good things in practice and training camp, they practice the right way. They've been through the motions a million times. Right. They'll feel comfortable with him. But Arians has already said what he said about Ronald Jones. And I don't he said think the same it, things it, last it, year. He said the exact same things last year. There's no he difference. Said that, he like, said that Ronald Jones was going to be the guy before yes, training camp. Did he even yes. say one guy was going to be the guy? Last Show year, me the quote said, from last year where he said that. I'll, I'll pull it up for you. There, there was somebody that tweeted, here's exactly the same things that he said about Ronald Jones at various times throughout the year last well, year. Was, but, it, but was it during training camp or was it in like right. week training two camp, or three? Yeah. It was week nine. Yeah. It, it, there was a, okay. There was a Thursday night game where we got a report that Ronald Jones was going to get a lot of work, and then Peyton Barber got the work, and it was an absolute slap in the face. So I, there is a little bit of a trust issue, and like what Heath said in Week Nine, there was a bit of a trust issue, I think, with what Arian says. Um, but all right, we'll see. So all right, we made our points clear there. Now there's a few players going late in round six that are well, certainly one of the uh, yeah, they're not. I really don't think they're going to be available this late. Uh, CBS. Drafters, we got to start moving these guys up. Cortland Sutton is just not going to be there. 66th overall, I'd be surprised. DeAndre Swift, Terry McLaurin, that's another guy. I don't know, 66th overall, that seems late. Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and Matt Ryan. Cortland Sutton, DeAndre Swift, Terry McLaurin, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, Matt Ryan. Who's a league winner? 
those receivers. McLaurin is the one that jumps out to me that like yep. you look what he did at the beginning of the year last year and what he did in the last two games with Dwayne Haskins. And if this offense looks anything like what Carolina's did last year, where it's fast paced and they run a ton of plays and they got a borderline top 12 season out of DJ Moore with Kyle Allen playing quarterback. I absolutely think Terry McLaurin could be a league winner. And you chose him over Cortland Sutton. You think he has more league winning upside than Sutton? Um, I didn't choose either of these guys because there were two at the end of round six that I liked better. But yes, um, I think he, I, I would choose McLaurin over Sutton. Okay. Um, before we move on, July 8th, 2019. Ronald Jones emerges from Arian's shortlist of players who have been the most impressive this offseason. From August 7th last year, Bruce Arians on Ronald Jones. His confidence should be sky high with the kind of training camp he's had. From July 31st, Ronald these Jones are, will be a heck, heck of a player ahead. for us. Not yes, the same. those not are the same. committing to him as the lead guy. They're not the lead guy. <laughs> uh, I mean, okay, you were no, they're not. No, that's, they're I not don't the think same. so they're at all. Come on, okay. <laughs> they're not. He didn't start training camp and say Ronald <laughs> Jones looks better, and I you're hope you're right. He was great. totally negative about him. He didn't say no, but he didn't. He called him his lead guy. <laughs> he on. basically laid it out that he was going to be the starter. You know, it's different. He's, no, he's going to be the like. There's no debate. He's going to be the starter. Week nine, he said he was going to be the starter for the rest of the season. He played more than fifty percent of the snaps once the rest of the season. There's a very significant track record of him talking up Ronald Jones and not delivering on talking up Ronald Jones. I mean, that is true, but it's also true that a year ago, he was not talking him up this much in terms of his role. Both both of you are right. Okay. Mark, Nor was the media. That's true. Both of you are right. If you can't accept that, then I don't know what I don't. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with it, but I mean... <laughs> you I'm said right. okay. There's a track record. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're both right. Marquise okay. Brown, Kareem Hunt, Cam Akers, Rob Gronkowski... DJ Chark, Evan Ingram, who's got how are like how are Marky well Brown I get DJ Chark going this late wow it's well, it's insane like he's he when I said there's one coming that that's the one like I mm-hmm. think him and Terry McLaurin have the chance to be rock stars this year yeah man. yeah I, I like Hunt Acres and Chark in this range as potential Same. I think all three of them have the potential to win leagues yep what about Marquise yeah. Brown I yeah don't know I if there's enough targets he he could be super efficient though. He could be hyper efficient. I think he could be a league winner. I think Chark can be a league winner. There's certainly a path for Acres, and if Nick Chubb, you know, gets banged up or whatever, then Kareem Hunt would obviously be a massive league winner. All right, let's see if we have any league winners here. We're into the like that 80s. makes me want to trade my fifth round pick for an extra sixth round pick and another pick later in my draft. <laughs> there's one. There's one more receiver coming. AJ Green, Devontae Parker, Tyler Boyd. Aaron Rodgers, Jarvis Landry, and Hunter Henry. There it is, Landry. Go ahead, Jamie. Talk about him. <laughs> uh, no, it's not Landry. <laughs> I, I do think, like, just going through the exercise of who could be a league winner and forgetting about floor, or in this case, current injury situation, like, A.J. Green could absolutely be a league winner if he's just A.J. Green by week one, and Joe Burrow has the type of upside or ce- ceiling season that he has in him. Uh, Green could absolutely be a league winner. I think Green will be a league winner in the points per game category, but he will not be a league winner in the season-long category. You're going to get that stretch of games from A.J. Green. We saw it in 2018. That eight games was pretty special. He's just not going to play 16 games. You just have to understand that with him. I mean, the fact that he's already banged up and missed a week with a hamstring problem, what does that tell you? They're going to be cautious. He's going to be cautious. He's just not going to go out there when he's not 100%. Okay, moving on. Julian Edelman, Michael Gallup. J.K. Dobbins, 
(laughs) (laughs) I skipped one on purpose. Julian Edelman, Michael Gallup, Will Fuller, J.K. Dobbins, Carson Wentz, and Marlon Mack. Like I said, I love doing this exercise when Ben Gretsch is not drafting because I can say, yeah, Will Fuller is definitely a league winner in round eight. Yeah, and he's moving up eight spots too. Jamie, that was the guy? Of course. I mean, if he takes advantage of this opportunity, he's going to be amazing. There are more league winners here though, right? Edelman, Gallup, Fuller, Dobbins, Wentz, Mack. Dobbins for sure. Dobbins. Dobbins is, yeah. I mean, I know you said no injury-related stuff, Adam, but if he's the guy in Baltimore. I just wonder, you know, after what Jeff Zrebeck told us uh, and has written, that if Gus Edwards isn't going to go away, like what are they going to do if Ingram misses time? Is it going to be the Dobbins show? Is Dobbins going to take over Ingram's role? Is Edwards going to take over Ingram's role? Like that's the 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 tricky part about all this. But yeah, I think if you take Dobbins in round eight, like this is another guy Ben takes, I think in my opinion, a couple spots too soon. Um, but it's the way Ben drafts. Ben drafts lottery ticket running backs, but he starts taking them in this range because he has to, you know, so um, the draft we did Monday, which again, we'll talk about on HQ and then on Twitch, his two running backs are DeAndre Swift and JK Dobbins. Like those are his starting running backs right now. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's as potentially ugly as it could be and potentially amazing as it can be if those guys hit and Dobbins being that guy that you're taking right now. All right, I think uh, let's keep going here. Jordan Howard, Jared Cook, Tariq Cohen, Marvin Jones, Tyler Higby, Matt Breida. Let's just go a few more. Brandon Cooks, Hayden Hurst. <laughs> there we go. Hayden Hurst, okay. I, I think Cooks and Hurst both have, like if we're just talking upside, definitely league-winning upside for both of those guys. All right, anyone else in that group? Howard, Cook, Cohen, Joe, Marvin Jones, Higby, Breida. All right, nope. Cooks. I love Higby. I, I I don't know if I can say that he's a league winner. All right. Well, he, oh my he, God! He would, of he course he is. Do, I mean, he would have to do like I've been talking about him doing fifty percent of what he did over those final five games over the balance of twenty and twenty. And if he does that, that's really good. I, I guess that makes yeah. Maybe I should say he's a league winner if he does half of well he did because then that's ten, eleven PPR points per week every week. That would be pretty sick. All right, here we go. James White, Carrion Johnson, Philip Lindsay, CeeDee Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Henry Ruggs, Jared Goff. You know what? I think James White could be one in PPR. Really? Yeah. Any winner? Yeah. No, I think on. he could end up catching a ton I, of passes and having a year like he did two years ago. He, he was a like the number eight running back or something two years yep. ago. He caught, what, seven touchdowns? But no, Cam had, Newton threw like a hundred passes, like twelve or something. Yeah, he ran a lot. He ran some touchdowns in too. He did. Right. So that's and, why. And so what's that their running back situation? It, I mean, I don't think it's James White running, having like five rushing touchdowns. Yeah. It's not as ugly here. as it was back then. But I think fantasy managers can be confident about what James White role is, James White's role is, and Cam's track record of throwing to the running back is good. And I think the Patriots coaches aren't going to try and ask Cam to do what. What Tom Brady did, they wanted to do what he did in Carolina. Cam Cam I, never threw to running backs before McCaffrey. Yeah, but then he did, and it worked. And why not do it again when your best running back is a great pass catcher? Uh, that's true. All right, and then let's see. Well, Philip Lindsay, of course, injury. Like there are a lot of guys that could be with injury at this point. Anyone that could? How about Ceedee Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Henry Ruggs, Jerry Judy, Austin Hooper. Latavius Murray, obviously with injury there. Justin yep. Tucker, Tevin Coleman, Cam <laughs> Newton, Stafford. Cam. Yeah. Cam for sure. Stafford? 
Yeah. I mean, look, sure. what was he on pace for last year? Almost 25 points per game last year. Number three before per Before he game. got hurt. Christian Kirk, Zach Moss, Jamison Crowder. Daniel Zach Moss does. With injury, sure. Um, I'm not sure. Like, Moss might be one of the ones where it's not necessarily with injury. Like, really? I don't expect it to happen, but there is a scenario in which the first couple of weeks, he's just a lot better than Devin Singletary, and he's the lead back. All right, instead of me reading the rest of ADP, there are a few guys that you think do not need an injury to be a league winner. Damien Harris and Bryce Love. Debo Samuel, I'd say. If he's healthy, yeah. Uh, Chris Herndon and Blake Jarwin. Oh, yeah, like Hawkinson fan. There's some definitely high upside tight ends here. Uh, Preston Williams. For sure. Okay. All right, then. Works for me. For Dave and Jamie and special guest Heath Cummings, I'm Adam Azer. Don't forget, Twitch Tuesday night, HQ Fantasy Football today, all week and all season long. You getting a haircut for tomorrow? Do I need one? I'll put some product in it. I do not think I need a haircut. Oof. What do I have to wear? Uh, nothing at all, buddy. Nothing <laughs> at all. Well, then I'm definitely getting a haircut. All right. You well, should, uh, uh, you should you should borrow Heath's V neck. Uh, that would nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. <laughs> it looks manly on Heath. It looks awkward and gorilla like on me. We will talk to you on uh, Tuesday with another podcast. And uh, thanks a lot for listening, everybody. See you later. Go win your league, league winners. Bye. Thanks. Thanks for having me. CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Finally, not letting the gut here. Walking to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching these, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday, starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.